Shavua Tov, everyone. Good morning. Boker Tov. It should be a Shavua Tov. Month of Adar is learning. The whole learning uh, of the month is sponsored by the Aaron family. For uh, the Aaron family, the uh, the Avram family, the Brook family, the Eisen family, the Anonymously family, and uh, today specifically, and tomorrow. To, right. Today and tomorrow by Tal Gilboa and Yaakov Steiner in appreciation to Rabbi Michael and Phyllis Miller. That's so sweet. Ish Ehu. That's what Purim's all about. Ish Ehu. Person to his friend. In appreciation to Rabbi Michael and Phyllis Miller, wishing them much health and happiness in their new home. Okay, beautiful. Baruch Hashem. So, I couldn't continue with the Sefer unless we addressed the question that kept on coming up. Ilana, your fault. And no, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. And thanks to Esti, we have something to, we have something to learn, which is, which is, I mean, it's an obvious, it's a, it's a very obvious question. It's a very obvious question. If we're really trying to understand what, what, what happened, what's been going on, we had to address it. And that question is, if the way we describe and the way he described in this Sefer, based on the Kuzari and Rav Cook's words, what Bait Rishon looked like, and it seems that we're trying to get back to the place that was in Bait Rishon, the way that it was all just so perfect and so glorious. And Am Yisrael was in a, such a spiritual state, which seemed to be, it, it almost seemed to be like untouchable to a certain extent. Then how in the world could a place like that be destroyed? And are we setting ourselves up for such failure again? Now, the piece we have, I printed what you, what you said, what you had sent me. The, the piece that we have is also from Rav Ruven Sasson's World of Torah. But in order to, in order to understand it, there have to be a, a, few, a few hagdamot, a few, a few important hagdamot. I'm, I'm, I'm only going to be able to do one. Also, I have to end a, few, a little bit early today as well. So we'll do the best that we can. Um, how would we say this? Our world is filled with light that we have access to. And our world is also filled with light that we don't have access to yet. And the, the more we compromise on who we are as people, as a nation, especially as a, as a state, as a country, the more that there's pain because that light is not really doing its thing in the world. So these lights, again, there are orot, elionim, there are these high supernal lights that we do have access to, Shabbos, Yom Tov, we have these kind of things. But then there's light that comes down from, that's waiting to come down from Shemaim only when the bite is metukan, only when the kli is really, is really ready, right? And that's really more the order of the geula in its, in its complete picture. But I would say that if we had to say, like, what would today's title of the shir be? It'd be the art of not compromising or understanding why we compromise all the time. The compromising situation. So in, in today's year, what we're going to see is how he, and he explains to us, was it, I guess we're going we're to redefine something. Was Bait Rishon perfect? Well, based on the way that we learned the Kuzari's explanation of it and Rav Cook's understanding of it, it seemed on the surface, that the way Jewish people were living during Bayit Rishon was perfect. And what does it say about the Shekhinah? 
what do you think? The, what, what would you say about the status of the Shekhinah, which means God's divine presence? Do you think the Shekhinah was in its full presence as well during Bait Rishon? What do we say? What do we know when we, we think about Bait Rishon? The Shekhinah was? Full, fully there? Huh? It seemed so. It seemed so. And that's why I have to ask Mechila. Because I think the way that I understood the way the Kuzari was, and I'm, I'm not so angry at myself because anyone that read that Kuzari and Rav Kook would be like, of the Shekhinah was fully present. Now again, when the Shekhinah is fully present, what does that mean is not taking place? Concealment. Hastara. If the Shekhinah is fully present, it means that there's no hastara, there's no concealment. That's what it means. It seems, based on the way we understood and what we were always told about Bayit Rishon, um, is that there was, the Shekhinah was in its full glory, fully revealed, and there was no hastara. But if that was the situation, it could not be destroyed. It's like the Mabul, I think. Explain. Even when the, like, the Mabul came, right? Like, God created the world, which you read the, the whole Sikhim of Gretel Alam, it seems like everything was exactly how it should be, right? Perfect. It seems and like it. And the Mabul was obviously, Hashem was like, something has to change. So it could be the same thing with the... Mm-hmm. <coughs> the terrible saying is, it could be the same thing, right? It sounds like the Beit HaMikdash. Like, it seemed like it was all wonderful. And Hashem was like, something has to change. And we know, we know that only on Purim <coughs> did Nate's really accept the, the Torah. Because... Yeah, the so maybe, like, it, it's a... Like, it needed that other part that wasn't there yet. You killed the end of Shia. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. If, if Hashem obviously knew that there was going to be a bayit of Rishon, and a bayit of Shani, and that we'd have a bayit Shlishi, so won't full revealment come in bayit of Shlishi? Like, why would, you, why would you show everything if you know there's something at the end? Like you don't, a poker player doesn't show all his cards at once. Poker player. <laughs> <laughs> only, only on Pur, on the week of Purim. <laughs> only the week of Purim, like Hashem became a, a de- he's the dealer or which one? Which one is he? Which one is he? He's the poker player. He's the player because he hasn't shown us his full hand yet. Uh, and we're at the same table. We're, we're also. <laughs> we're we're. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Let let's. I'm sorry. Full concealment. Full reveal. Full reveal. You would think so, nachon. You would think so. That was harkigigit. Yeah, you would. You would think that it that it, that's what it would imply, nachon. But then God wouldn't have created human beings. No. It's, it's true that's what it seems like. And it, maybe it's true that also that's what it f- felt like based on the way we understood Bayit Rishon. Ubecholzot, no. And we're going we're gonna to understand, I think we're going to understand a bit why, how that works together today. So these are the pages for today. And I just want to explain another thing is that this is from the Sefer of the Chalban. The Chalban was, a, was a, someone that Rav Sasson was learning in his Beit Midrash for many years. And uh, he put out a bunch of svarim, but they're really completely all based on the words of Rav Ruvin Sasson's Shirim, which was only revealed recently. <coughs> so even the Chalban svarim, 
is really Rav Ruven Sasson. Long story, yeah. It'll, it'll, get, it'll get clear. I, I, I spoke to him about it also. It'll get clearer later. But anyway, it's, the, it's all, you, you see the, now the Sfarim are coming out just in his own name, Rav Ruven Sasson. Um, but it's the, you'll, you'll see, it's from the Chabad and Sefer, but it's, it's the same exact Lashon. In the first base of Mikdash. Right, so like, there's also that concept of like that some of the korbanot were not bishleimut, right? Because then if the fire didn't come down and consume them, then there was something wrong there. Again, that's a great that's a great question, and putting that in front of what we learned in the in the the, the description of the base of Mikdash. It's a great question. These are, these are very much the point things. It's very good. Listen, by Cheney, we have no. It's interesting. By Cheney, none of us have these questions. How come we don't have any of these questions in Bayit Cheney? Because of the bells, the coin bells. Why? What do you mean? Meaning, we all know that's the whole idea that the that the they needed the bell, the Pa'amonim, because many times the coin bells wouldn't make it out. Wouldn't make it out. No, no. I was to get to your back to your question. I would ask, why, how? Why would you? Why would you even allow a second base on Migdash to be to be rebuilt? Talking about poker players, like <laughs> what, 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 what's up with that? What are you say, What card are you revealing with the second base on English? Well, it's interesting. The second base on English. How much was? How much of that was like directed and constructed by Hashem's words? The second base on English. See, the first base on English. Shlomo Melech is building. David Melech is building. Shlomo Melech is building. Inaugurating. Shechina, Shira Shirim. There's all these. It's all this. Like this is Dvar Hashem. This is the prophecy. This is. How it's happening. Purim ends, right? Purim ends. We go back, we have reshut from foreign kingdoms to start building the base on English. How is that going to last, right? We have reshut from a foreign monarchy to say it's okay to start building the base on English. Does that sound familiar at all to anything in today's reality? No. <laughs> reshut from foreign monarchies yeah, to build or not to build in your own bedroom? Imagine your, imagine your neighbor came to you and said, I think it's best, Bemet, I think it's best if you shared your bedroom with whoever it is, right? Whoever it is. So we, we're here to mashlim what we were, hope, we were trying to begin in Purim. The whole Sefer is going to be basically, this whole Sefer is going to be, by the way, from, from next week, I'm not staying in the prayer on Golis anymore. Going into like how we what what we were able to keep on with the geula, how the geula was able to keep on all this time, despite the fact that we were we basically went into graves and you know all the stuff all the fun stuff we learned last week about bones and rotting and worms <coughs> and all these things the but look look what he says this is this is again very high stuff we're trying to bring it down to our to our level and it's it's in the middle of a whole parak over here about about the the koach of the or of the future. And, and I want to say a line that'll help us remember this. If you can't feel the push from the past, try to feel the pull from the future, which is connected to the story we said about the secret of uh, borrowed time. Do you remember that story? Is that what it's called? The secret of borrowed time? Do you remember that one? Was that how we, could, we called it? I forgot. The secret of borrowed time. Taking light from the future as opposed to saying, oh, this is where I was, look how much, look where I came from. 
as opposed and saying, no, 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 look what's going to be, and drawing that into the picture now. The two types of high supernal lights. Like we said in the beginning of Shir, there are already a certain type of light that can come down into the world and shine its light. Like we had such a Shabbos. What is, what is Shabbos? What a Monsei Shabbos. Now we're back. It's not a good example this week because we're all in Purim already. Right? We're all in Purim already. But let's say it was just you know, another Sunday. And then there's lights that the world is not yet fixed and, and ready to receive. And Davka on days, like Tisha B'Av, like the three weeks, the Shiva Sebetamu is Tisha B'Av. This book is all about really the Pneumius of, of the three weeks. The days where like, we know what we could be, what we could have, and we see how much we're not there, that it kills. It kills so much. The light that could be and that isn't burns, hurts so much. So learn this very deep secret. When we commemorate the, 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 the pain over the destruction of the world, uh, over the base of Migdash, we're not just commemorating, we're not just basically crying over what was. We're, it's not just a historical, symbolic moment of in our lives. But rather, it's almost, it's almost saying like, we're crying over what we could be and what we're still not yet. Okay? That's a very important thing to remember. Just like all the holidays... They're not just marks on the calendar commemorating historical, you know, oh, in Purim, look what, look what, remember what happened, remember what happened. No, namash no. Elahem or, it's actually light. An actual thing, an actual, like, huge amount and tremendous amount of light, mitgale bahove, bavuv poel bahove. Purim, one year, I, we were by my in-laws for Seder, and, I, and Rav Lef, Rav Zev Lef is the Rav of my, and my in-laws Moshev, and he gave a shir, he gave, a, it was basically a long shmuz between Mincha and Marev, because it wasn't, wasn't Shabbos, there was no Kabbalah Shabbos, so there was like 40 minutes between Mincha and Marev, Leil Seder. And he gave such an incredible, I don't know if you ever heard him, he's a, he's a genius. Rabbi Zev Lef, have you heard of him? You've heard of him? He's a genius. And he gave over the incredible, this teaching in his own way, explaining that Leil Seder, as much as we remember what was, he explained that talking about what was and remembering what was makes what was to is. You understand? Makes what was to what is right now. That's how we do it. We bring down light by remembering what was, speaking about what was, Purim's coming up, we're laying the Megillah, we're remembering, we're learning all these different details and parts of the story, we're awakening our heart, but it's not just to, so we really have a really good, we have a great arsenal of information. It's that the more that I speak about what was, that becomes now. Because the light of a, mer- a miraculous, of a miracle from Hashem is beyond time and space. It's not like it was just meant for them. When we, even the Lashon we say in the Bracha, 
בימים ההם, בזמן הזה, what's בזמן הזה? The same light that came down then, the more that I sanctify time, I go beyond time, I draw that into right now. So he says, this happens every time, this light that we have access to, like Yantiv and Shabbos, when, we, when it's commemorated. But he also says, but you know what else happens? The headquarters of when light was removed from us also happens again and again when we come by on the calendar and we see we still haven't become vessels that are, that are ready enough to receive the light that should be right now in the world or that could be right now in the world. This is, this is much deeper than what I'm saying right now, but this isn't the point of, 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 of the shir. ויסוד העניין הוא שגם חורבן הבית בעצמו נבע מכוח העתיד. זה קרייזי. היינו מכוח האורות העליונים העתידיים. How was it that the base of Middash was destroyed? Because of what it really is going to be in the future, it had to be destroyed. And we're going to develop this concept. וביור העניין הוא שהנה בוודאי שישראל צריכים להגיע אל השלמות המלאה בשיא תפארתה ורוממותה. So Am Yisrael, of course, has to reach the shlemus, the completion, the full, complete picture at the peak of its glory and its exaltedness. And we're, we're, we're beautiful, we're holy, we're doing good things, but we're not close Someone, I, I was here listening to someone this morning saying, how many Jews are there in the world? Berch. What's the number we've been giving out the last like 20 years? 17 million. Yeah, anywhere between like 15 and 18. Exactly. Right? From those 15 to 18 million Jews, how many of them are in touch with the bigger picture of who, they, who they're going to be? Or who they could be? Or who they want to be? They, throw out a percentage. Five, five, five million. Wow, you're, you're large. You're... Like <laughs> right. I thought she was going to say that too. Probably like half a percent. Maybe, a, maybe like two percent. It's, it's, it's wild. It's wild, okay? Maybe like two or three percent. Now, now. Let's go back now to the time of the Beis HaMikdash, okay? In the time of the Beis HaMikdash, how many Jews knew who they could be and what they could be? Kimat, I, 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 I'm nervous to say all, but, but definitely vast majority. When you know what you could be and you're not, it hurts so bad. When you don't know what you could be and it's not happening anyway, it doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't even matter. What is the churban? Well, it hurts the cloud subconsciously. It hurts the clouds subconsciously, but it's not really, you know. When I, I'm thinking about this, I have a trip to Los Angeles in a few months, and I am like, I, I'm so restless. I'm so restless, and I can't, mamash, the last few weeks I've been thinking, every time I think about this, I get so restless, and it's not, it's not about, it's not about home, leaving home. I'm, I'm, I haven't, you know, I, I, I rarely travel anymore, but it's not that. It's this Indian of Hashem Yidbarach, how holy do I have to become from now till then to be a tzinor, to pass a message that we need 
them, we need the cloud to realize that we're all mashpia on each other. And that Am Yisrael has to come home. But I'm like on such a spilker trip of thing. like, I, I, what do I have to do? I have to, like, I really have to, like, Lachzar B'Tshuva. I have to. Because if I'm going there for any other reason, I'm not going to be shalem with myself. But to do that shlichus properly, I have to completely empty out anything that has to do with me. It has to do with the klal, nechon? Because, I mean, I, I'm already, like, thinking about, maybe I can go to, because it's Svirat Omer. maybe I'll go, I have a lot of chavre, like the renewal, reform, conservative chavre, that by them you could do stuff on Svira, right? With, with music and, and all this, because it's probably the only chance they'll have these kind of, you know, awakening things, v'chule. They're, par, they're part of the klal. They're, they're part of the klal. Am Yisrael is not from. It's Am Yisrael. It's a, it's a bigger picture. So he says over here, we're, we're not even, you know, the, the, what, we're, what, we're, what we need to do is to get to the place where we are peaking as, an, as, a, as one big people with our glory and who we really are, our exaltedness. And now he answers, really, the question of the shir. As glorious and as beautiful as the descriptions that we had about the state of Am Yisrael during Bait Rishon, in comparison to what Beit HaMikdash is meant, was meant for, there wasn't yet a pairing. Now, it was the closest we, we ever got, right? In terms of an Am in its place, in a Beit HaMikdash, in Eretz Yisrael, but he uses the words here, metziut, metukenet, veshlema. What does that mean? What does metziut, metukenet, veshlema mean? What's a better word? To its full potential. To its full potential. To its full potential. How much potential are we working on these days? It's a very, very, very small percentage very small percentage. That means, like I, I was messing with one of our guests this Shabbos, I said, when did you finally actualize your full potential? Like in the middle of a, like a, 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 the, the, the Se'uda. And they thought they didn't, they didn't hear me correctly, so they answered me a different, uh, different question. But then I said it again like a half hour later, just to mess, you know, whatever, I have this thing with, with guests that I really, really like and feel comfortable enough. When was that? Maximizing your full potential. We're, we're, we're working on, on Gargirim. See, it's Mamash. We're working on, on barely anything. So he says over here, we've, we've rarely gotten to it. We've rarely, rarely even gotten to this full potential, if ever. And we didn't during Bayit Rishon. How did it express itself? We were filled with a lot of problems and tremendous weakening of spiritual matters. So that's what was happening during Bait Rishon. Because the closer you are to what you could be and you're not, the weaker you feel in the inside. The further you are from where you could be or who you could be, you don't feel that weak in the inside. This is very, very important. 
Let's say it again. The closer you are to who you really could be, meaning the closer you are to maximizing your potential, that pa'ar, that, um, dif- yeah, that gap stings so much more. Because you're almost there. Because you're almost you there. Taste it. Mamash. Then if you weren't that close, you wouldn't really feel it that much. It really wouldn't bother you that much. That is where we were at at Bayit Rishon. It's true. We were so close to fulfilling the potential of the Chulei, but because it wasn't complete, that's what caused such a hole in our heart. And thus he says, so many spiritual weakenings were felt amongst everyone. Why? Because everyone was, how do we say, holding. Kimat everyone was like feeling it, and they were very, very close. But because it wasn't exactly it yet, it burned. And that burning caused a, a spiritual weakening. That's why for so many Hevra here, the fact that the Mashiach, is, Mashiach hasn't come yet, on an individual level, it kills you. It kills you. Why does it kill you so much? It's better off not being so into these things, because then it won't hurt so much. But it hurts so much. Why? Because on a personal level, so many people today, Baruch Hashem, with the awakening in Am Yisrael, are very, are very close to really being in touch with their potential, hopefully maximizing it. But because we're still not yet nearly close on a national level, on a cloud level, that's the power that we feel quite often. Mimeila, he says, in a state like this, fourth line from the bottom of this paragraph, Or HaMikdash V'Shefa Kedushato and since that was the situation, then the light in the temple and its holiness, the shefa, the abundance of his, the, the, the flowing of its holiness, did not illuminate the world bishlemut, properly, fully, which is what the existence of the base Mikdash will be doing. When the third base of Mikdash is here, it's going to illuminate the whole world, the whole world, all of existence. Now this didn't happen in which was like really close, but no cigar, but really, really close. The Now obviously, it didn't do what it's supposed to do in the times of Bayi either. But that's easier to understand. But again, I just want to make sure it's clear. Okay, if it's not clear, tell me. Why, how could a base on Migdash Arishon been destroyed so far based on what we said? <coughs> because the spiritual weakness we were feeling was so intense, because we were so close. But listen, we always say this. The Ishbitzer says this. What's Sefer Bamidbar called? The Book of, of Mistakes. Why? Because we're finally just about where we're supposed to be, which is in Eretz Yisrael. The closer you are to where you're supposed to be, the more mistakes you're going to make before you're there. Why? Because you've, you're not there yet even though you feel so aligned with your destination, but you're not there yet. That power, that gap, fills us with such a, a sense of tired and weakness. Who smells this? Amalek. You're tired. You're really exhausted. Why? Because you're almost where you're supposed to be, but you're not there yet. So you feel exhausted, right? I mean, it's amazing how so much of this is likened to birth and to, like, and to labor. And 
the power, the gap between like where you really are in your here in your mind, but not yet before, not yet. You haven't given birth yet, but the closer you are, I'm told the more tired you get, right? Because <laughs> you're not there where you're supposed to be, where you want to be, where you and where you know you will be, right? That's how Rebbe Yitzchak Berdichever explains the kina we say on Tishbav morning. He says that Yishalayim and all of its like even here is like an isha betzireah, right? Eli tzion ve'areha, k'mo isha betzireah, like a woman in her tzirim, tzirim. Contractions. Like you, we're all there, all, but, but, but because there's the gap, the gap here is what he says, Dafka causes such a painful thing. See, no one was shocked when the second base of English was destroyed. No one was really shocked. But people were shocked at the first base of English being destroyed. Shocked. Why? Because we, it was mamish, we were holding on to it, we were feeling it, it was there. But we also knew there was such an intense struggle inside to align ourselves with the reality that it's not all fixed and that Am Yisrael still hasn't reached its full potential. And the world, and even though it was more peace than Am Yisrael in that time than ever before, it still wasn't close to what's going to be. It wasn't close to what's going to be. Now that's, very, that's actually a very optimistic thing because think about the most beautiful time in your life for a second. Think about the most peaceful moment you had in your life. And as grand and as beautiful as that was, that's nothing in comparison to what Hashem has in store for you. That's great. No? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay. Ukmoshe noda arizal, and the Arizal says this, she'afidu b'yemei shlomo, even in the times of the first Beis HaMikdash, she'ayusi ma'alat Yisrael, when we have to, if we ever wanted to like show a family picture where we all look our best, we would go to, to the time of Shlomo HaMelech, right? But he's saying, even there, even the Shechina wasn't really fully in its place the way that it will be. Now that's why, that was the confusing thing from the Shir we had a few weeks ago, because it seemed... And I have to look back at his words, the, the Kuzari. If he even said the Shechina Hufiya Bishlimuta, it seemed that the Shechina was fully in its place, fully doing her thing. And here he's saying that Arizal says, as much as it seemed it was about to, again, it still didn't. And because it didn't, it caused this gap, this pain, this distance, thus eventually the, the Khurban of it. Now, the question could be okay, so it wasn't perfect. So you have to tear the building down? So it wasn't perfect. I mean, imagine if that's how we treated every marriage. Listen, a marriage where the Shekhin is not fully revealed between the spouses, that means it should be destroyed and they should get divorced and try again. We don't, we don't do that with marriage. What happened over here that the Beis Hamidosh needed to be destroyed? You could have just said, okay, we'll get better. And in the, in the picture of history, how long is 400 years, 410 years? It's nothing. It's like a blink of an eye. So don't tell me, well, we tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. Things have taken longer, right? So now he continues. In Ken. Therefore, Af These supernal lights 
were not fully, fully illuminating and shining in the time of the, the first Beis HaMikdash. It's actually because of this that it was 99.99999%, but it wasn't 100, did the Beis HaMikdash have to be destroyed. Again, how, why? He explains why. Because you cannot, when it comes to this stuff, to God's house, you cannot compromise on a reality that is not complete. You cannot compromise on a potential that is not fully maximized when it comes to Hashem's house. When it comes to our own, well, we, you fall down, you get back up, you fall down, you get... Seder. When it comes to Hashem's house, it's not like that. Harisazo, this demolition, Hutzrecha. We needed this demolition in order to take down the building which was built. And to begin to create a process of fixing. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's No, 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 no. No, no, no. The Bait Shlishi will not come until we draw out. It's not, don't worry. The Bait Shlishi is only going to, don't worry. It's, it's Rachmanis from Hashem that there was not a base of Mikdash until now. Mamish. Why? Because of what you said. The Beis HaMikdash Shlishli can only come about not perfection, not perfection, with us being ourselves. Now, that's, we have to, the Western definition here can mess with our minds big time about maximizing potential, because that means perfection. A person can be fully maximizing their potential and make mistakes every single day. That's the difference. The Beis HaMikdash will not come down until that's what happens to the, and, I, and I'm hearing from Rav Ginsburg more and more, the, the notion of the, the majority, meaning if we wait till every single person, then I'd be much more depressed than you are right now. But it's not that. It's a, it's a chunk. It's this mass chunk within the Am that awakens. Um, I guess that's what I was asking. Meaning, is it, doesn't that seem like a mode of perfection? You fall down, you get back up. And you keep on trying. Yes. That's, 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 like, that's like Shlaimut in a, in, a, in a real way. In a perfect way. In a, in a, in a perfectly in a, imperfect in a, way. In a, in a, yeah, in an actively engaging in a, in a, way. In a, in a, yeah, but the only thing I'm nervous of asking is, is or wondering is, well, what was it like in the time of the first Beis Hamikdash? Well, that's what I'm saying. Meaning, like, maybe that, maybe that's not, 
maybe it was like, okay, if I can't be perfect, then I'm just going to give up. Well, they, no, no, they didn't give up, but they felt this distance. The distance that they felt, instead of basically giving them koyach to try harder, they tried, but they, it, it, the gap was too, it was too heavy. Because you can't fill the gap if, you're trying to, if, you, if you don't think that falling is part of that process. Right, that's for sure. Now, think about it. By then, when they first came, like, my question is, why they probably not a question? I'm just wondering. They must have assumed that Mashiach came and they, they were living in Geula already, because they come out of Mitzrayim. They you know they get the Torah. They come in Eretz Yisrael, and they build the base on Migdash, and then they're like, "Wow, Mashiach's here and everything." And then they're like, "Hmm, if Mashiach's here, then what? How come the whole you know what did they know about what was going on in the whole world? They knew. They didn't. Shlomo Melech was in touch with the whole world, and they knew it wasn't it wasn't fully." Yet there, let's see how he develops this this thing. Again, litzor tarich shel tikkun, fourth line, kedelivnot tabinyan hashalem amash. We did this in order to build the actual complete building. Now, what's amazing is that Purim was an attempt. We we were so high from Purim that we thought that now we are individuals that can build this type of building now. Right? So there was such an excitement from the miracle. But how many... Let's go back to percentages. How much percentage of Jews came home? 10%? Even that's large, yeah. Let's say it's, it's a joke. Whatever the number was, right? Whatever the number was. So and Hashem came. So Hashem came again, 1948, right? Yad Hashem. Don't start telling me it was like a lot of determined uh, post Auschwitz uh, and and Israeli chalutzim rambos against all these, right? No, the Yad Hashem comes again, 1948, 67. Rav Soloveitchik says, "Kol dofek open up. I'm here," and it's still. Like the same Mishigas of like post Purim, it's just even freakier because the percentages are even are even less, right? It's like we look at the story. What's that? Not over yet. Bidiuk, we're in it. We're in it. So he says. So the building. So it, the building had to be destroyed because of the, that reality we just described. Now he says like this. Kemashal, like the parable of like this. Mishem eshapetz bayit raua shetzarich laalos min ayesod. Whoever is doing shiputzim in a shaky home. Bait Ra'ua means basically one of these houses that are, were built, you know, while we were in the middle of wars and everything. And the house, the foundations need, a, need to be a, from the ground again. Shetzarich laros min ayasod. Velachrosh et hamakom velivnotomi chadash binyan metukan vechazak. Lachar sheitukanu kol alikuyim. And after all the deficiencies and all the things that are wrong with the building and with its uh, foundations are all fixed, then it's all said that you get the axe together, you do it. <coughs> so it seems here that this, this, again, this has to do with the, the previous chapter here in the Sefer, that the horrible thing of Churban Abayit is rooted really in the secret of these supernal lights, which shehatviya shiairu ba'olam bishlemut, he asher harsa et hamatzav bahove. 
This is really the shear. Hatviya, there's a demand on the light of the Beis HaMikdash to shine in its full, full glory. That is what caused that building back then to be destroyed in order for it to have a place to do its thing in its, in its, in its proper manner. I'm going to say this line again. The demand from Shemaim that the light of the Shekhinah shines herself fully in the Beis HaMikdash is what actually caused the Beis HaMikdash to be destroyed and not necessarily the fact that Chazal say we did these Averas and therefore it was destroyed. We also did a lot of mitzvahs. We also kept a lot of beautiful Shabbases. And had beautiful korbanos in the Beis HaMikdash. And the Levim were singing beautiful. There were a lot of beautiful things happening as well. But because it wasn't fully the way that the light could shine, like it will shine in the future, Bezrat Hashem, therefore the Yesodot of the home needed a repairing. In order, so the light could shine, Kemosh fully. So it's the light of the future, of what will be, which caused that light, that the the lack of light in the first house, to be destroyed. I know that's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to fathom. I think the closest we could get to it, if, if you're a musician, so if you know, if you have a band, and you know what the band could sound like, you know what it could sound like, and you have, and let's say you're the producer of the band, okay? You're the director of the band, and you have all these instrumentations going on, Right? And it's so, like the, the piano and the percussion and the flute, and you even have a harp in there somehow. I don't even know how that became, became part of the band, but it did as well. And the harmonies, there's like an 80-piece harmony going on as well somehow, right? But there's one thing that's off-key, okay? And that one voice or one instrument that's off-key, it ruins the whole inst- It ruins the whole what this whole picture of this band could bring to the table. So a producer hears, and now we're taking Hashem from being a car dealer to a producer. The producer, right? Now don't ask me, but Hashem knew, we didn't know, we can't get into these things. We we, we, we deal, we we deal, we work with what we're dealt with, right? We, we, We work with what we're dealt with. Hashem knows, and the lights themselves, the Shekhinah knows, you may be enjoying this gig, but we hear that that harmony coming from the third cello is off. And I know you're enjoying it, and you'd be fine with this forever, but for Hashem to be Hashem for the whole world, the way that He designed the world, the harmony coming off the third cello is messing the whole thing up. It's messing the whole thing up. Now today's band, okay, I'm trying to be optimistic. We have a few Givald musicians and everything. Today's band ba- barely has like three instruments playing in unison together. I'm giving you a picture of like the most glorious philharmonic coming out of the base on Migdash, where there's one thing, you know, a conductor, by the, you know, the conductors, they could hear if one violin, 120 instruments on stage, they could hear if one violin is either not tuned or playing the wrong piece, right? Mamash. When it comes to the all of what we're here to share with the world, we can't compromise even on the, th- on the third cello. We can't. 
And we were already reaching a place of compromising during Bait Rishon. That's what he's saying. But for the or that this based on Migdash and the and God's and the Shekhinah to shine in the world, you can't you can't you can't compromise. Yivsha, nothing. Now we're are we operating more right now, like trying to reestablish Bait Rishon, or are we trying to just like establish a Bait that was never before? Because if we're trying, if we're if we're waiting to reestablish Bait Rishon, you're right, Ilana, we're doomed, uh, and our great 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 grandchildren probably won't be in the Parsha. That means that it really is, the Rebbe was giving us, the Babach Rebbe was giving the individual, the individual so much strength and conviction that it could be that their God consciousness and their simcha of mitzvahs, that we don't understand how this could be, but that that one person doing that one mitzvah somehow, somehow, can bring so much light and fine-tuning to the orchestra it could be. That's the, that'll be the miracle of the miraculous nature of the Geula. That one person's simcha of a mitzvah and conviction of being in the presence of God while they're doing one mitzvah, they, are the, they become the conductor at that moment and they fine tune all the instruments of the world. Why not? That's emuna in the Geula. And emuna in the Geula means that I could be the person that does that. Nahon? But it's, it's a person that's not compromising. It's one person that's not compromising on maximizing their full potential so they treat every interaction with a mitzvah as if the whole world is dependent just on this. Now, even if they fail, they say, okay, it wasn't with that mitzvah, but it could be with the next one. And that's maximizing their full potential in an imperfect state, in an incomplete state. You, you think Chabad, you think, you think Shluchim only go on shlichus once they feel like they're perfect individuals? Not be dumb. And you don't think they fail a million times over in their shlichus? Of course they do. But there's something with the light of the Baal Shem Tov that came into the world that gives us the amuna to think it could really be my simcha of a mitzvah that could flip over everything on the whole cloud. How? I'll leave that to Hashem. But the Rebbe put that into me, that it could be me. It could be me. I think this was what was missing in Bayit Rishon. I think this, this, what I just said right now, is the ingredient that was maybe missing in Bayit Rishon, because the light of the future means that I don't understand how it works, and it could be really one movement, one tznua, one thing to rebuild the whole home. Back then, perhaps it was, we all have to figure out exactly what the problem is, and become perfect to keep this building going. God says like this, you're never going to build a building. You're never going to build a building for the Shekhinah. But for the third base, second base of Mikdash didn't work either. But for the third base of Mikdash, it's this emuna be'atzmacha that Reb Nassim Breslov was very big on, uh, on speaking a, a lot about, which brings in the or, or of the Geula b'shlemuta, the or of the Shekhinah b'shlemuta. Okay, he continues here. He continues here. Does anyone have any questions so far? I have a lot. Does anyone have any questions so far? Just to, uh, yeah. I think I'm just really struggling with this concept of, like, the Vita Megash won't come until so many more Jews are closer and connected to Yiddishkeit and are really trying to reach the potential. It's like, we're supposed to really believe that Mashiach can come today, can come tomorrow, and, like, that's so far from where we are right now. Mm-hmm. 
So like how are we, like I guess it's almost like a, how are we supposed, like one, is that really true? Is it really, do we really need so many Jews to be so connected and like, kind of like a, how are we supposed to believe that we can get, that it can be tomorrow if this is the reality of today? This is, this is exactly why we're learning this safer, I promise you. This is exactly why we're learning this safer because this is our Shiloh. This is our question. But I will say one thing just, just to jump forward to it. Crit- a critical mass is needed to, for a shift of consciousness. In every, right, the individual's shift of consciousness can then go to another individual's shift of consciousness. But on a grand level of shift of consciousness, you need a critical mass of, of, of yidin that are aware that we're here to not compromise. But it doesn't, and it doesn't pull us down. It gives us more koach. And simcha, this is what we're into. This is what we want, nachon. Now, let Mashiach come today and explain how he was able to come today based on the fact that most people still aren't holding, right? That's Aleph. Never, never minimize what Hashem could do. Remember the famous video that someone came to the Rebbe and said, uh, uh, I, I, two years ago he gave me a bracha to build this building, and I just want to say that the bracha of the Rebbe was miskayim, without missing a beat. The Rebbe says, and what about my second bracha? He meant immediately, what about my second bracha? He said, which one? He said, I also built, I blessed you that Mashiach should be the one to inaugurate your building. <laughs> so when is that going to happen? So the Yid says, oh, which means there's a famous Gemara that says, I remember Rabbi Shua ben Levi told, told um, he said that he met Mashiach and today if you only listen to him, right? So the Rebbe, again, without missing a beat and saying, why are you putting more terms and conditions on what God can do in the world? Like he wanted us to snap out of all the things that we think need to be in order for something so beyond nature <laughs> to happen. So as much as, again, we relate to this as we're trying, our avoda is to do a certain something. What's our avoda? It's to raise the awareness and create a critical mass because of the belief that that's a manner in which we can we can feel more strong and certain about our march towards the light, the chule. And that's how we have to act in this world. But Hashem is not in this world and not in this world. He is everything. It, everything can happen like that. And we have to like dance simultaneously with like our avoda and our ishtadlus with the, with the emuna that anything can happen at any given second. That wasn't happening during Bayit Rishon, as high as it was. As high as it was, there was it, that's not the way that people were thinking or living or acting or davening. It was different. There was so much experiential, there was so much experience happening at the moment that maybe it even took away from longing, from dreaming, because they were experiencing so much. We're experiencing a lot, but we know, we know that we ain't seen nothing yet. So we have that longing that's part of our you know, he's this as well. So don't be sad. Okay. <laughs> don't be sad. Don't be depressed. <clears throat> don't be depressed about it. But then, actually, shouldn't we all, like, shouldn't we all really be, like, going from here and, like, going and, like, influencing Jews that this is what we think our mission is? You got up and left a year ago, Gullis, and established and rooted yourself in Eretz Yisrael, raising your family here. You're doing good, okay? 
you're doing good, and you're raising your family here with kavod and with your shemaim. Acknowledge that. Place that in the picture of what it's of what the process is going to take to 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 raise this awareness in the am. We have to, you know, there's a part in the parsha of Bikurim. It says that uh, parsha Kitavo always comes right before Rosh Hashanah. So I forget which Rebbe said this. It says that. You read it always in Elul, where you're doing an account of all the things that have been off, v'chule. But then you also have to like take your Bikurim v'samta batena. You put it in a basket, you come and bring it to the Kayan. Rav Weinberger once taught that that really means that you also have to acknowledge the good, the good accomplishments you had in the past year. Put it in a basket, come and bring it in Elul, bring it up to Hashem as well. We have to acknowledge that as much as like, we may seem, it may seem, oh my God, the distance is, is insane right now. But we also have to be like, but we, Baruch Hashem, are aware that there's a distance. We're aware of all these things. And we've chosen that, to have our lives be ones that affect that percentage. Acknowledge it. Fill, it, fill yourself with such simcha that that's your chilek. Fill yourself with simcha that's your chilek. Now, I didn't get to the, the, what, what, what you said in the beginning of this year. I alluded to a little bit, Zahava, that I wanted to just throw out a kavana for Purim. One kavana for Purim is that the kavana for Purim should be until, like, until your Adelo Yada was like, thank you so much for Purim. We tried so hard to act upon the simcha of the nais to the best of our ability, but we didn't finish the job. The Purim is all about based on Mikdash Shlishi. We didn't, the Kavana on the Avoda level is, is, I'm not just here so that right now I could say, Einod Milvado. I'm here to go into the Adelayada space of saying, and it's, it's amazing to me, I'm here to be mashlim what they weren't able in the time of even Ezra and Nechemia. And Chagai Scharyan Malachi, in Daniel. I'm actually here to be mashlim that picture. And Hashem, please let me take the light of this year's simcha, of the, the light of Purim, to finish what they weren't, what they tried to do the first time, first time around, and to finish, finish that off with the light of the future. It should be like... So it's only what's that? The law of Very good. We're here for the Malchut HaShlema. All right. Okay, Yishakach, everyone. Yishakach. I think there, there are two more shiurim for Purim. Shoshana, when are you teaching? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning? What time? Nine. Where? In here. Okay, so I have to figure out where I'm going to teach. Okay, we'll figure it out. That's okay. I give shiur Monday morning. It's okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's fine. Sunday night. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I'll stay with the, with the guys in the basement. It's fine. Tomorrow morning here, 9 o'clock. I'll be giving a share here for the whole community tonight at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Here. Here in this room, yeah. What's the